Carp clamped his lips together and held his large head in his hands as if it were dangerously fragile. He sat that way for a long time. From outside came the faint sound of jays chattering on the grounds. Sunlight, packed with a swirling riot of dust, silently lanced through a narrow high window and spotlighted the top of the wall to Carp's left. So intense was the ray of sun that it seemed a man could leap up, grasp it, and hang supported by its warm strength and solidity. I'm tired is all, Carp mumbled at last. I'll leave now then, Larson said agreeably, switching off the cassette recorder on the corner of the table. There's no big rush about what we have to say to each other. Carp laughed his low, oddly melodic chuckle. I have plenty of time anyway, he said. Are you coming back tomorrow? Not tomorrow, Larson said. I have another appointment, but I'll be back in a few days. Larson glanced at Carp. The stern-featured man appeared to be in his mid-thirties, though he was now only twenty-seven. Larson sensed an unspoken regret in Carp that their usual conversation wouldn't take place tomorrow. He felt an unprofessional pang of pity for his trapped and unfathomable man, sad bender of history. Maybe Wednesday, Larson said, packing recorder and papers into his briefcase. Smiling at Carp, Larson said goodbye and opened the door to step into the guard area. You're my only visitor, you know, Carp said behind him. Larson looked at him and nodded. I'll return, Martin. I'm not so sure. Larson closed the door and the guard opened the thick outer door for him and stood to one side. The bulge beneath the man's armpit was noticeable and remotely threatening. Before stepping through to the main corridor, Larson turned and spoke to the guard. This might sound naive, he said, watching the guard's placid, tanned face. But is there any way he could get out of here? The face remained expressionless, making the voice all the more incredulous. You mean out of the asylum? Larson nodded, shifted his leather briefcase to his left hand. There's someone watching him every minute of the day, the guard assured Larson. And at night? He's looked in on. A glimmer of light transfixed the guard's eyes as if he'd suddenly spotted something in Larson that inspired confidence. If you're worried about the possibility of escape, forget it. This is maximum security. It might not look it, for the sake of some of the patients and their families, but this place is guarded better than Leavenworth. He said again slowly, as if in irrefutable finality, Maximum security. Larson thanked the guard and glanced through the clear plexiglass into the interview room. Carp already had been removed. As he drove from the grounds of the secluded asylum, Larson noted again the unobtrusive but numerous safeguards, the high, wire-meshed, barred windows recessed in ivy-covered brick walls, the many white-coated attendants Larson knew were armed and well-trained, the surrounding high-double fences with their guarded gates. And outside the sanitarium were miles of heavily wooded hill country, Beautiful country violated only by the two-lane blacktop road snaking to the asylum from the nearest town, Carltonville. Even keeping to the road, it would take someone on foot hours to reach the town, hours during which the escape attempt would be discovered and the area sealed and searched. The logical mind balked at the idea that escape from the Belmont Sanitarium was possible. The logical mind. The last of the high gates swung open for Larson, and he pressed his foot down on the accelerator of his rented Chevy, then made a hard left turn onto the blacktop road. The tires squealed in a brief, almost human cry of agony.